0: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
1: hello i'm gary mansfield and welcome to the Art podcast where each week i'll be speaking to a different artist now let's begin by banging these bongos Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week I'm taking you into the studio of Mr Matt Collishaw, an artist that came to prominence in Damien Hirst's legendary 1988 exhibition Freeze, where this group of young artists tore up the artwork's rulebook and pretty much laid the foundations for what the art world has become today. As well as Matt and Damien, it featured such names as Ian Davenport, Sarah Lucas and Angus Fairhurst, Abigail Lane, Gary Hume, Michael Landy, of course Fiona Ray, all of whom have gone on to have amazing careers and influenced thousands of people, myself included. Most of the artists I've just mentioned wrote to me while I was in prison and as a result, along with Matt, a couple of other artists on that list have already confirmed to be on the Mizzle podcast, namely Gary Hume and Abigail Lane, and I'm in talks with two or three of the other artists. And I also had the absolute pleasure of collaborating twice with Sarah Lucas in both face value one and two. If you was at the Art Car Boot Fair a couple of weeks ago, you'd have seen Matt there. Matt has been a regular contributor or stallholder pretty much since its conception. As these podcasts generally come out on a Monday, next Monday is Christmas Eve. So I figured I'd bring the next one out a couple of days later on the 27th. So if you celebrate Christmas, Matt Collishaw is your little Christmas present. So as Christmas presents go, getting Matt Collishaw for 45 minutes isn't a bad one. And I'll be doing the same for the following episode, going from the 27th of December until the 7th of January. But I'll tell you more about that in the outro. But for now, come and join me in the studio of Matt Collishaw. I'm in the studio of Matt Collishaw. Matt, I've got seven questions here. They're just like, sort of like conversation starters, really. But first would be, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know you work?
2: Mm. Well, obviously, that, that happens. You know, if I'm out and somebody says, what do you get up to? It's always a tricky question, because artist, what does that mean? It could yeah, be anything. Yeah. And I do do a lot of things. I mm. work in a lot of different media. and I look, work with a lot of different subject matter. Basically, I have an idea about something. And then I try to find the medium that I think works best for that idea. So that's what drives it. And that idea could come from something I read in a book, something I heard when I was on the bus, a picture I saw in an old museum, that could come from anywhere. And it could be a combination of a few different things that I see Mm -hmm. thinking, "Mm, maybe there's something there that I could work with. And then, I start to think of how best to do it. Am I going to use photography? Maybe this would be best in oil painting. Maybe I have to create an optical illusion. So then the process begins of me exploring all those different ways of actually trying to make work. So that's what I try and say to somebody when they ask me what it is I
1: do. Well, you're because you work in so many different areas. You mean in so many different mediums. Does. Your next idea evolved from the first, or does it evolve from yeah. somewhere else, or is it a, it's a, like a, a net, of...
2: network of ideas? Yeah. And sometimes it'll be something that I've done a couple of years ago might reemerge, and I decide I want to do something. It's kind of similar to that with something else that I could use in combination mm. with it. So very rarely does one thing lead on to the next thing. But sometimes I'm making a work and I think, okay, I need something else to go with that because I'm making this exhibition and yeah. there's like a big gap in the floor so I need something yeah. to fill that space. So it's like, what's going to go with it? And I don't necessarily want to make something out using the same medium mm. and not necessarily exactly the same idea but how can I tie in some of those ideas with something else that's made in a different medium and that is physically different? How How do I... How do I make something go with something that isn't exactly part of that same series of works?
1: Because when I first saw your work, it was via the Sensations catalogue, um, which got sent to me while I was... uh, which got given to me while I was in jail. And um, you, like many others, I wrote to you. um, You was kind enough to write back, which pretty much set me on the course of of where I am today. Um, The... The first thing I saw of yours was, obviously, the, the bullet hole and um, the catskin lilies. Okay. the yeah, leopard skin, leopard, tiger skin yeah, lilies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a digital image bullet hole, wasn't it? Or was it well, a, actually,
2: it was kind of pre-digital, because it was like 1988, yeah. so it was a, in a book, a book on the colour atlas of forensic pathology, is what it was called, and it was full. It was like 260 superb colour illustrations for mm. forensic pathologists and that was probably the mildest image in the book it was on the, the back cover so it was like pretty easy to yeah. see you just turn the book over and there it is and then it was also in there as an illustration but the rest of them were you know, horrific
1: yeah because that's really glad I mean, that, that's the the first time I'd seen a, a photograph segmented I'd never seen that before mm-hmm. um, and as I say my, my knowledge of art at the time was was pretty much zero mm-hmm. you know I, I had a few um, books that were, while I was in there yeah Um the catskin skin lilies. Yeah. The, where What's did where, yeah? Where did they come from? Because I, I never, I never, I never knew any anything about those other than the images that I saw, like al- afterwards.
2: Early days of Photoshop. So like about ninety four, I started playing around with Photoshop on computer, and wanted to do something with it. And you know, you can like do a lot on yeah. on, on, on the on this software. So I was like, what image can I combine with another image? What's, what's going to work? And, um, sometimes ideas just kind of come like, Hmm, that would be kind of weird and an interesting thing to try and do. Yeah. And this new medium Photoshop might be a way of doing it because doing it in collage, you not going to look that authentic. So they kind of there's an obvious reference to um, surrealism in there. So I'm thinking about Magritte and Mary Oppenheimer's yeah, cup that yeah. she made out of fur. So taking something that's normal, shifting it out of context so that it looks strange yeah, and weird. Yeah. And I got that stuck like a weird thing. I've been doing a lot of reading about like evolutionary biology and like camouflage, for example, why, yeah, why, yeah. why, why animals use camouflage and how they use it. And if you go to like Oxford Street and you see like a girl walking down in a leopard skin miniskirt, it catches your eye. And that's an odd thing because this camouflage has evolved mm. to not catch your eye. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's evolved to deceive your eye so that you can't see that leopard or tiger mm. in the jungle. But if you take it out of that con- context and put it on a girl walking down Oxford Street, suddenly it catches your eye. There's that, that kind of strange thing of twisting the, the purpose of it. Um, so, I wanted to make uh, flowers that looked kind of animal like and dressing them in this uh, wild animal. Yeah, as so if it's the animal, a flower
1: it. that's trying to camouflage itself into the. Into yeah, the animals, but, but yeah.
2: looked quite predatory in a yeah, way. Because yeah. I, think, I think a lot of pictures of flowers, they were becoming too cosmetified. Hmm. And there's quite a lot of them around now in art, but I think it was like a really dodgy thing to work with flowers because yeah. they're just seen as being a little bit um, your set cor- of flowers,
1: cheesy set the flowers in um, acrylic was it Mark Quinn
2: possibly but but flowers I think have been getting a bit of a, a bad rep because they were just like on, they'd be on a greeting card with a little bit of dew on the end of it it yeah, says yeah. like get well yeah. mum or something yeah. like that and they've just been made to look very pretty on calendars and mm. In, in photographs toy, yeah. but flowers are really these kind of predatory machines they're basically there to propagate their own little kind of gene line mm. and they want to attract insects and birds to pass on their like kind of yeah. to, to fertilise yeah. and, and the reason they look like they do is to attract birds and mm. insects so that beauty is designed to to um, ruthlessly propagate their, yeah. their own yeah. little strain of flower as yeah. I I wanted to bring something of that back to the flower to make them look kind of predatory and um, um, animal-like.
1: And a couple of years after that, you went on to the burning flowers yeah. the, in, the, in the black frames. Yeah. I, know you done it, I know you revisited it again several years later, yeah. but the, the ones that I saw in 2003, they were stunning oh, That's very yeah. kind of you yeah they were, yeah, they were stunning especially in, in that black because they, they all had the black background Yeah, the black mm. ornate frame
2: quite difficult to do actually those things because flowers don't want to burn because no, there's imagine. a lot of moisture in flowers yeah. I, uh,
1: did you entice it or
2: I the, tried a lot of different things and what works best is uh, uh, the very very cheap hairspray <laughs> <laughs> cheaper it is the more fun <laughs> yeah. it is I give it a good soaking with that Lighter, and then you've got maybe a second or two to get as many frames yeah, as you want. Yeah. But it's also difficult because you're going to get the right shutter speed because fire's moving very quickly, so it tends to blur. And because my my scene is quite dark, you need kind of a longish exposure yeah, yeah, yeah. just to, to 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 make it read on the on the on the negative or digital as it as it became later. So what was happening with those? Is that a question or are you... No, 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 oh, that okay. was it. I, no, I, just, okay. I
1: just, I just, when I was, last night, I was just having a look to see what, what subjects we could talk about and I'd, I had forgotten about the, um, oh, no, I forgot, I, I, I saw the 2014 ones, which was, was that a film?
2: Uh, is it like an animated yeah. thing that is moving? Yeah, there was one that I made, there's a couple that I made as films, yeah, so they're done in like it's done in post-production so i get a video of a flower opening and then I add in in software I add the the flame because
1: I saw those and that's what reminded me and that's when I went on the hunt last night for the right yeah for those no I was just I was just talking about them going back a little bit when was your first interest in art and possibly most influential artist
2: right okay difficult to say because it doesn't didn't really happen overnight like with most people I guess you just go have a kind of a Gradual interest that starts to become something that yeah. you decide to go on and do for a, for a living for life.
1: Uh, but I always
2: used to do a lot of drawing as a kid. as the that only thing that I could really do very well, and I wasn't very good academically. Uh, but I was interested in a lot of different things. Like, kind of wanted to be a footballer, wanted to be a soldier, wanted to be in a pop band kind of thing. And I wasn't any good at any of those things, but I was obsessively drawing those things all the time. Like drawing walls, mm-hmm. like. Kind soldiers and that and footballers so it dawned on me that the only thing that was consistent in what I was doing was drawing and I kind of enjoyed it and I, and I knew that it, it kind of gave me some kind of status that I otherwise wouldn't have because I could actually make this lifelike image of the world yeah so then I started going to the library in Nottingham where I lived which had quite a good art section there and just going through all the, from A to Z all the artists just poring over these images and just losing myself for hours and looking at these these books but I couldn't really pick out one person although I guess at the time for the stuff that I was trying to do when I was a teenager like Caravaggio stuck out as being somebody yeah. whose, whose paintings are very immediate and even now like 400 odd years later mm-hmm. you, know, they do, you, you don't really need any art education, yeah. you don't really need any religious education because the the drama and the sensuality of those pictures just speaks Speechful. to you. Just, yeah. yeah. You. Uh, so I think they probably had kind of the first influence on me as somebody trying to make
1: art. The, the next question, enough, is, is: When did you realise you wanted to be an artist? I know it's all you, I think more like or it's less pretty much difficult to know. I mean, that.
2: Now art oh, is possibly more
1: mainstream. Where's a career, rather?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more. Mainstream now, I think, anyway, so people are probably more aware of it, but at the time, I didn't even know what an artist was. Yeah. I thought fine art was when you did those like botanical drawings yeah, yeah, with yeah, really yeah. lots of detail in yeah. and that kind of thing. So when I did A-levels, and then it was like, yeah, this is something that I want to do, and then you do a foundation, but on foundation you're doing textiles, theatre, graphics, industrial design, all those options, kind of on the table, mm. which ones you want to do. And so then I'm like, okay, so fine art's the thing that basically has no application and where you're probably not gonna have a job or make any money. That's the one I wanna do. That's the
1: biggest gamble, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. But I think I understood by then, so when I'm like about seventeen, that art had something to do with kind of like ideas and philosophy and that kind of Mm. thing. So it's what do you think about the world? What do you think about humanity? What do you think about that dirty coffee cup on the floor over there?
1: Was any of your friends into it, around you? Not really, no. Um, So That's hard when you haven't got a social group to sort of bounce off. Yeah, but I think I got lucky
2: when I came to London because when I arrived here, I think there's a lot of similar-minded people who probably also didn't know people who knew much about art, who were interested in it, all these kind of oddball people who were very bright but probably not doing very well at school Mm -hmm. because they were just a little bit different. They're not that academic. So when I came here, I had like, I was very lucky to find myself with a lot of, like, my Was it, people, here you think. went to college in London? It's just five minutes down the road from where <laughs> we are now, this is like kind of one, the local pub. Yeah. The Goldsmiths was in Myatt's Field, yeah. uh, which is like five minutes walk over that way. And it moved in our final year to New Cross where it is now. Yeah. So this is where I moved when I came to London as a teenager you feel strange
1: coming to Very here?
2: weird. I, never, I didn't think I'd come back. I lived here for... You got drunk in th- here? I, don't, I can't remember ever coming in here, but,
1: but maybe you know i just, it, yeah. maybe I'll just erase that memory. Excellent. You're like the, the pigeon returning it's, home. Yeah, it's very odd. Now I've got a question here about the mosaic in 2003, yeah. and this is only more of a personal thing. Where was it shown? Because I remember going to the private view for that, because I remember going wherever it was, I didn't know if it was Haunted Venison. Oh, Stuart Shave. I should. No, I was going to say was it Modern, Modern Art Inc. Yeah. Because I remember going through, and when you went through, you went into a bigger area at the back, yeah, and it so. was up, up on the left, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, or there's, there, there there's was one up on the left. There
2: three of them, yeah. There was like a girl and a baby and a minotaur.
1: Yeah, because I've, I've spoke about that a few times, and I couldn't put my finger on, for the life of me, where it was. And I didn't know whether it was Haunted Venison or the modern right. art was it down at Redchurch Street yeah
2: was that, down was there? That, that was that first uh, which was the set their second Stuart's second uh, gallery space and they were at the time when like kind of digital photography was really starting to take off and it's like there's a move think something's happening now and this is going to be the future so yeah. no longer are we doing with the chemistry of photography as it has been we're dealing with pixels and there's, if you drill down, there's always going to be that pixel at the end of it. And, yeah. that it's, and, and that these images are being delivered by code. So I'm online and I'm receiving an image that somebody else has uploaded. And that code is now having an emotional impact yeah. on me. And that's a strange thing that like binary like uh, ones and zeros yeah, yeah. are all actually moving me emotionally. Hmm. So I wanted to make these pictures that had this quite loaded emotional content. But essentially, they were just blacks and whites and greys.
1: Were they shown high for a reason or for practicality?
2: Uh, sure, high up the wall. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't that high. I don't think they were kind of. Cause I'm, I'm sure. I, I mean, they were big. So. Too. Yeah. Ma- maybe well, yeah. Because really like rise. one of them was like four and a half meters tall. Great. So that it's it's nice. like kind of digital photography is taken us back to mosaic making again. That's what I thought. Because that's how you make a mosaic. Basically, yeah. just using little pixels. Those little tests those tiles are all put mm. together to create an image.
1: I'll go, I'll go with the um, the Zeotropes.
2: Yeah,
1: dropping gristle. Dropping, was that the first?
2: Yes, it was the
1: first. Because one. I remember seeing those as a kid. I remember seeing one before it had been activated. And it was one of those where you look through the little yeah, slots from the that's outside. Right, yeah. And I remember just spinning it. And then when you get to a certain velocity, is is there a formula to those?
2: Yes. Basically, you need a shutter. And that's what the slot in the cylinder does. Yeah. If you're looking... So that makes the strobe, strobe like So this, my, in in the ones that I make, a strobe mm. is the shutter. So basically you're looking at a series of different images that are passing your eye very quickly, but if you didn't have a shutter, then you just see a blur. Yeah. But the shutter means that you see it, and then you don't see anything, and then you see the next image when that arrives, mm. and then you don't see anything, yeah. and then you so see the next image.
1: So it's pretty much like a 3D version of the flip it's like, flash, That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, you're just seeing a series um, of images stitched together. Yeah, that was... As, yeah, when I first saw that, it was it was the birds, the beasts, and yeah, the right babies. Yes, that's it was. Right. Uh, and I saw it first when it was straight, and um, still, when you start seeing it in action, yeah, Ex- yeah
2: it's uh, quite rudimentary. That one, I, I, I learned then as I was making them that one thing that that helps them a lot is if the set that they're in is interesting in some ways, so yeah. that your your characters are interacting with like a, a, a background a set in some way but that's problematic because your set has to repeat itself yeah. all the way around and what repeats itself like that in the real world Nothing, not a yeah, lot of yeah. things yeah. and i've probably picked out as many as i can find for example a temple or a tempietto, yeah. which is a yeah. circular temple works quite well in that a chandelier also kind of mirrors it well i didn't
1: seen the, the chandelier there. till last night I, i'll just go and sort of have a look to see what i know a lot of the work i just don't know the titles or mm. you know and i could see last night when I, I put them in date order you could see how you was exploring each one and it finished with this was it centrifugal last
2: The centrifugal soul was the last one i made yeah hey everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix
0: kansas city chicago
1: Yeah, just to see because that one did that one not have a strobe light? A strobe yeah, light? Yeah, it did.
2: Yeah, yeah, they all so have a strobes. It, so it looked like
1: it. It didn't because that, that that was just it's going a pretty quick
2: though. It's, it's flashing like eighteen times a second, which means that it's almost like because all lights are, I've got a frequency, yeah, so all lights yeah. are flashing. It's just that they're too generally too fast for the eye to see. And um, eighteen times a second is quite fast.
1: The and, and talking about those again, the, all things fall. Yes, I absolutely. had only seen that in a photograph with no scale next to it. So as far as I was concerned, it was like the first one that I saw, which was maybe two feet in diameter. In your head. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw the scale of it, and that was that was probably what. It's quite feet? big,
2: actually, as a thing. It's two meters, two meters. is that, is that big? It was. Yeah. So, and it, that was that plaster. Um, it's a lot of it's three D printed. There's designed and then 3d printed but the actual temple the building is only we only printed 118th of it like a pizza slice yeah. and then we made molds of that 3d print and then cast them all because it's very expensive yeah, yeah or kind of certainly was it's getting cheaper now so it's just that's a cheaper way of doing it but then assembling it is a huge job because things don't fit together yeah. quite as well as you thought they would so it's lots of sanding lots of filling and then painting it all so a big part of the of fabrication was assembling all those little bits that were 3D printed
1: where was, uh, was that shown
2: I showed it first in Gary Borghese in Rome which is a very um, very it's exquisite and opulent and very busy yeah museum there's a lot of uh, very dynamic marbling and then Frescoes on the ceiling, and marbles on the wall, and paintings on the wall, and mosaics on the floor, and a lot of writhing bodies. Yeah. A lot of it's very sensual, very sexy, and very violent. So you get that yeah. feeling of yeah, yeah, yeah. bodies everywhere, and sensuality and violence. So I tried to make something that these gladiators fighting on the mosaics yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to do something that was kind of in keeping with. What was going on in that room? And in Carry Borghese they have a painting by a guy called Scarsella, which is a painting of the massacre of the Innocents. Yeah, which was a very you know popular theme for hundreds of years. People seem to keep coming back to it, like strangely because it's a brutal scene of men killing infants.
1: But but you do, you do have a lot of death and sort of uh, end of life in, in your in your work.
2: Well, also, so does like. News on TV or drama on TV, and why is that there? Because there must be an appetite for it. It's on the news because that's what people want to see on the news, that's why they put it on there. The same as with the dramas and films and theatre and stuff, there's a predominance of that kind of theme because I think people are interested in it. It May not be an unhealthy thing, according to some evolutionary biologists. You know, what, what happens in a situation where violence breaks out, if you don't pay attention to violence when it does occur, you might not know what to do when it, mm. when it happens to you. And if you're not prepared, the consequences are potentially yeah. fatal. So dog fights and gladiatorial battles and Tom and Jerry cultures... But even as
1: far as the flowers being killed as well, you know?
2: The flowers are burning and dying. And mm. I think
1: that was like kind of... Yeah, because like... Um,
2: in religious imagery, you get a lot of crucifixions and like Saint Sebastian yeah. being yeah. tied up and having arrows shot into yeah. him. And lots of these scenes of suffering and, and murder, which people hang above their bed, you know, like crucifix hanging above somebody's bed and stuff. So with the burning flowers, it's kind of trying to make a, an image that's like that, but not that. I can't really make crucifix again, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can make an image of kind of endless torture and suffering mm. that also has beautiful qualities but, to it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like the crucifix. It's not does.
1: gory or yeah, it's not glorifying it in any way. The last meals, obviously, yeah. they resonated with me a, yeah. a little bit. Just and, you know, not that I've ever been in that road, position. Yeah, but I've, I know some, there's someone over in um, in Woolwich, Nicola. She she. Sells a lot of work for the guys who are on death row. Nicola right, White. She, really. I, I read a little bit last, just last night actually, of, of how you come about to bring that project to fruition. Did I say I saw them?
2: In, I saw them like twenty years ago in the Sunday Times magazine. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. There the,
2: the, yeah, heard they, you talking about one,
1: ones. and it was on a red tray. Yeah, that's above.
2: right. So they're like very colourful, like red plastic and blue plastic cups on a red tr- tray, or something. Yeah. And then the cameras positioned above it, looking down. And then they was using flash photography, so they're kind of bright and gaudy, but nothing like how yeah, yeah, I did them. No. But they were like kind of really kind of potent images, but it was just an image of like a cheeseburger with chips yeah. and a milkshake. But when you read what it said underneath, it was like, that's really something. Yeah, yeah. This is what somebody chose to eat before they were executed and why did they choose that? Why are they eating like junk food? Maybe it's comforting or something. Yeah. Maybe it reminds them of a the time
1: when they're I've, happy. I've often thought like, that. It's, it's ironic how they want fast food when yeah. they're just on death's doorstep.
2: Yeah, they're not ready. they shouldn't really be in a rush to no. get there. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like also, in the research that I did, you get a lot of fried chicken, a lot of African-American food, a lot of Mexican yeah, food, yeah. because most of the people go to, going to a bracket, the chair yeah. or getting the lethal injection. Yeah. Mexican, African pretty shocking
1: and you and you set them up in as if it was a sort of 16th century dutch
2: still life so it took because i'm very slow it took me 20 years to think i know what i could do with those if i do them in the style of the vanitas paintings same kind of lighting same kind of setup. then when you look at them you're kind of in this mode of the vanitas which is about the, the brevity of life
1: so you say it took you 20 years but did you did you sort of see them and then think oh there's something there and and sort of keep yeah yeah i had it far away and that's like what you said at the
2: beginning about it's like i I make notes sometimes i make actual notes like now on my phone or on a notepad or something like that and then it yeah you know there's some substance there and just that's a good example of like trying to find the form for the idea Mm. and it took me a long time i was probably like at a museum looking at a um, like a 17th century Dutch still alive and thinking yeah, you know, hold a, a on br- a minute brass, I did, and yeah exactly and I was thinking oh if I did those in this style then it'd be like a different way of looking at cheeseburger yeah. and if you give cheeseburger some kind of gravitas some yeah. kind of weight then that's yeah. quite quite something Because
1: like, you look at them and straight away you think an, an old master and then you go hold on a minute that's a bit of fried chicken so there's that, that sort of layer there anyway yeah. and then when you, you hear of, of what it is it's a uh, yeah, it's, it's quite... Uh,
2: so they become like little surrogate portraits of all the people. Cause exactly. I, I basically went online yeah, and bought politics, books, right. did a lot of cross-referencing to make sure that the, the list of food that they had...
1: And there was the the one that, was, that I saw reference was... Who uh, was it? Who is it who, they had like, four pickled eggs, uh, pickled eggs or boiled yeah, eggs. Was that Gary Gilmore? Gary Gilmore, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a couple of shots of whiskey
2: he had as well, Good which mind. is hard no, you can't have booze. Not anymore, anyway, so oh, maybe back then when. Because when it's something.
1: no good for you. A <laughs> little <laughs> oh, bit of yeah. in, <laughs> And a cup of coffee, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, which piece that you've created do you hold most dear?
2: Uh, well, I've heard this said before by other people, oh. and I kind of agree that it's like choosing between your children, which is your favourite children. Because sometimes it maybe not the most uh, See, uh, the way I. Or
1: I sort or, of. S- Sub asked the question: Is a lot, a lot of the time that the, the one that does mean quite a lot to several different eyes is the the ones that had a bigger void between expectation, mm. or, like where you thought it was going to end up and yeah. where it actually ended up. Mm. You know, sort of like I mean, not I've done it with, with Gavin yet, but with Gavin's plaque, for instance. You yeah, know, I mean yeah. that sort of went, went silly, yeah. 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 Um, and he, he, there's no way you could have ever imagined that that yeah. would have set him on the course, but. Mm. Yeah, was it, would it be anything like that, do you think? Um,
2: all Things Fall, which is the temple with the massacre of the innocent one. I mean, it took like a year to make that thing, so it was a real like, labour of love yeah. getting it actually made. And I think it kind of works all right, so that's definitely like an achievement for me, because it was yes. so hard doing it. And then there's another work I make called Deliverance, which is where I project images onto walls, painted in phosphorescent glow-in-the-dark paint. Yeah. And that was also extremely problematic to do. i arranged a photo shoot, took some photographs, turned those p- photographs into gobos, which are like little slides yeah, yeah. you put in projectors. And then the projectors flash them onto the walls and burn these images onto this photosensitive paint. The projector then moves away and it's left with these ghost images everywhere.
1: Was there a stage during that you thought it might not?
2: Totally, yeah. And that <laughs> I was an idiot and I was like, <laughs> wasting loads of time. And because... You know why don't you just do oil painted why don't you just get a block of marble yeah. and do some carving yeah. out of it why don't you do something that people have done that yeah. you know works it's, it's and they'll come proven, up and yeah, yeah and, and when you come up to you, you say what's that well it's a marble fine and then you know then job's done yeah. why am i like going to all this trouble to do something that as far as i know nobody's done <laughs> because i think it's a new way of getting people's attention and making an impression on them mm. i think it delivered the idea that i was trying to do with it quite effectively is why i did it and in the end it pulled off but because there was times when I thought this is just not gonna work. Yeah. It's a disaster. Then it's quite it's quite a good feeling when it actually does work.
1: A big sigh of relief at the yeah. end. Inspiration. How do you find your inspiration? Or go for it?
2: Yeah, just from anywhere. Listen to a lot of audio books and podcasts and then read books, magazines, newspapers, stuff online, talking to people. And I but I think what I'm looking for is just something something above what is superficial that is primal but it could manifest itself yeah. into something superficial like I don't know why are, we, why, behave, why are we hooked on Instagram why is that, why do we like keep going back, what mm. is this thing what is it that's primal within us that, that has that so I'm making some works now which I think they're about that kind of thing, the addictive qualities of social media yeah. and, and where that behaviour comes from and trying to go back to something kind of deeper within us that motivates us to do these
1: things. Well, you see, I was talking about this earlier on, actually, on, a, on another podcast I've done this morning, and we were saying about how even adults... Like, like, you know, I've just turned 50. We, My attention span is getting lower because of fucking social media. You, you sort of scroll through Instagram. Everywhere. But then that's happening in art as well, where you see the music now. A lot of people are putting... Um, Normally where it would start, uh, it built build up to sort of like a crescendo. Mm-hmm. The crescendos at the front there to draw people in. And then, and then away. Yeah, and they said, the somebody next.
2: said that about Beyonce, didn't they? they said that oh, did they? Beyonce, yeah. Basically the secret by uh, 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 with her songs is that you start with a good bit and, uh, <laughs> and, work and keep your backwards. foot to the, on the pedal, keep the pedal to the
1: floor. <laughs> the VR, the threshold.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. I never saw it, but a friend who did see it, they didn't say where they saw it. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it would have been Somerset so House. They said that when they put the VR kit on and they walked into the room, they hadn't seen the They hadn't seen the room until afterwards. Uh, but they said that they walked in and they saw this virtual, and they felt like they was in a video game. Mm-hmm. They said they were surprised how quick they became part of that game mm-hmm. in, in their mind. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, they wasn't in a video game. It was real because they was putting their hand down the touch and touching and feeling mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. cold surfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, they was going up to the window and mm-hmm. and then she said that when she took them mo- and when she did see the white, it was like she'd been put into a, a false room. Someone mm-hmm. had played a trick on her, you know, and taken away all the colour.
2: That's a good response. Because mm. what, what
1: she didn't believe the reality mm-hmm. once she took the VR yeah. set off. Mm-hmm. It
2: is a very strange, uncanny experience doing that. Where's that now? Uh, so it's in a storage, <laughs> part that's in that box in the corner over <laughs> <right> there. <laughs> the equipment's all there and then the actual room is in yeah. storage up in Melton Mowbray, but it should be coming out and going to Lille to a place called Le Frignois in uh, where it goes in January and then it opens in February there. Yeah. So it was, it's been to five venues already. This is the sixth one.
1: Because it was good I had, you had the rioters outside as well.
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, chartist demonstrators, yeah, rioting, smashing windows and their own rocks and stuff yeah. those guys wanted the vote and representation in parliament but they're also quite nervous about evolving technologies because mm. factory automation was taking the jobs away from the industrial revolution and the guys Fox Talbot who put on the exhibition was worried that they're going to smash his exhibition up because it was it, his photographs were shown amongst a lot of other technologies yeah. the exhibition of science and emerging technologies so he thought they might come and smash it up because they were so suspicious about what technology was doing yeah. and I wanted to make a piece of work that was about what's happening now with this digital revolution that kind of algorithms and software and robotics possibly going to be more devastating for jobs than the industrial revolution mm. ever was so I wanted to make something about that but not directly so I've done this digital experience and then through the digital experience you can experience the chartists demonstrating about yeah. what was happening I mean,
1: if, for, for anyone who's, who sort of doesn't know it it, it It was just a, a room that was set out exactly the same as the VR yeah. um, and it was it was just like a ghost a ghost room wasn't it yeah. was...
2: so you put VR heads on and you can, you can see the room around you but then I built a room with objects in the same place yeah. so you can touch everything that you're seeing
1: so uh, I've only got a couple more questions now this one's always comes across a bit cheesy, but you and five artists past and present what would your perfect group show be hmm well am I in it or Yeah, is it, yeah. it in the in you and five
2: others it <laughs> is that sort that, of that's, um, that's a, that's a quick, I mean are these alive art, artists that are still alive uh, alive dead it's <laughs> that that ideal dinner party but you know, right, yeah, yeah, I so, see. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like I need a bit of time to think about yeah, uh,
1: Everyone, I, I might. I'd probably, probably, yeah,
2: probably go for it, five artists that them. I didn't think were very good, so I look better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably f- if so, you so, say my name, is going
2: to be five <laughs> not very good minimalists, so that whatever I did really stands out. Yeah. Can I have that, can I can have them. Um, I, could, I could actually I could come back to you on that one but it's it'd be a difficult thing to come up with right now
1: your latest piece uh, as far as I'm aware uh, The Mask of Youth yeah is that your latest piece it is good yeah I went to see it a little while ago that's something a bit special isn't it it's quite creepy yeah mm. it's, it's it's a lot of everything It it's a lot of a lot of different mm. areas it's a beautiful house I've been in there before yeah it is isn't it um, I've been in that room before was that your idea, or was it a, an amalgamation? Of they have, they approached ideas? me because they'd
2: just bought that the Armada portrait painting of Queen Elizabeth, and they just had it restored. So they were peeling back all the varnish and the yeah. overpainting to try and get back to the real painting. What was she really like? But of course, you never really get there because the image is so idealized, yeah. and she would, be, would have been wearing quite a bit of makeup anyway. So she's still behind a mask in a way, mm. and that painting particularly was. Propaganda portrait is say look at England. Yeah. yeah we yeah, yeah. fucking rule. She's got a um, hand on the globe, like over the yeah, Americas yeah, to say we're yeah. about to take over this place. The Armada is wrecked on the beaches throughout the window, so it's just England and just like kind of shouting out sovereignty. Yeah.
1: Bit ironic in today's well that's to admit, thing, isn't it? but
2: that's why i thought maybe it's an interesting time yeah. to do it because now we look a little bit vulnerable as yeah. a sovereign nation isolated so i had it like there's a line in that in there in the, from the scepter dial this um this precious stone set in a silver sea yeah. so i've got it on this mirror like a little island isolated and alone uh, but it's like a mask but like a mask that shows the reality it's, yeah. it's not idealised and it's she's not wearing makeup so she's got smallpox scarring she's got rotten teeth she's got mm. stray hairs coming out uh, so I tell you, decided to say that motif of the mask because there was something called the mask of the youth which was basically a name given to the template that they established which all painters have to paint within oh, yeah. and if you didn't do it within that template they'd destroy your painting oh, and your yeah. situation could be a little uh, <laughs> delicate yeah so it's this idea that, they, that her image was very tightly controlled and we, we, we were all told that this is what she looked like and she was this immortal, yeah, sovereign yeah. queen. It was all about propaganda and basically trying to manipulate reality yeah. for, for, the, for the sake of her power and sovereignty. But
1: casting from the death mask is no... There's no lie there, is there?
2: It's... Well, that, the, I did a scan of the effigy and the effigy was possibly based on the death mass, but we don't know. Oh, okay, okay. So I did a scan of this effigy, but then we tried to reverse age it so it was, mm. looked similar to the time when the Armada portrait yeah. was painted, which fixed so I was trying before.
1: to get the face to sort of be in line with the painting yeah. behind me, but yeah. I was always in the, in yeah, the in in way. way of yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And was, was the mirror... mirror. The same size as I think
2: Yeah, so the mirror is exactly the same size as the painting. Yeah, and then her face is exactly the same size as her face yeah. in the painting, and it's in the same position it is in the painting.
1: And then the, the movements are they just random? Uh, no, they're
2: pre-programmed. So yeah, there's... but I
1: mean, there's there's nothing in there that will.
2: Oh, to, to respond to you. Yeah. No, that was that was an option, but it was an expensive one.
1: Because when I was I was videoing it, I think I've got it on yeah. my phone still. She looks at it. I was videoing it, and there was an invigilator just sitting on the seat there, and I was just to the to I was just to its left. I was just over here, and I put my phone, and I said, "Does it follow you?" And as soon as I said that, it just <laughs> turned like that, really? and I just went, "Oh." and again. I thought well obviously it does so I didn't think anything of it well, a happy circumstance oh yeah I should you know, shut up about it and let people believe that <laughs> yeah.
2: well, there are a technical technical kind of problems with that it's like what if there's two people there or yeah, ten people yeah. there who does it look yeah. at so and I didn't think it need the work needed to have that capability yeah.
1: well it's just I was asking myself all questions as I'm yeah. standing in front of it and you know sort of looking at one looking at
2: the other and yeah. I thought like, So it's, it's on this surveillance mirror, which is the kind of thing they have in police stations where they do interrogations, or in immigration. You
1: couldn't go in the back of it, could you? Yeah, you
2: can see through the mirror there, so you can see what she sees. Oh, I
1: wasn't even aware of that.
2: Right, so you can see people looking oh, at yeah. her, so you can get her viewpoint, yeah. but they can't see you through the mirror, yeah. because it's the, the mirror is designed to be one way. like You can see out, but you can't see in. Yeah. So you're in a similar situation that she is. Though. Well, I
1: did come from... Round of, I did, when I went into the room, I was looking at your work so right. I would have come in you came in that yeah. way yeah because I, I did go in the other way first of all following a load of people and there was people within the space so I just carried on going had a look around and then oh, come back, back and just to, yeah, just once people had gone if you wasn't an artist what do you think you'd be or what would you like to be
2: uh, I suppose, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky to be an artist it's a good good thing to be doing right um Alternative. I mean, what am I competent at? Not very much, yeah. really. Um.
1: And I've always had a thing about being a pig farmer. <laughs> exactly. When I was I was in jail years ago, and I worked on a pig farm. Loved it. Yeah. And I've um, I've always nice, had a little thing about nice animals. It very mm-hmm. tastes nice. <laughs> nice to work with. Win win.
2: I have kind of no idea about that. Um,
1: oh, good. It's, it's um, good that you
2: haven't. Yeah, I try not to have like alternatives because if I do, then probably, <laughs> they like, might, might come,
1: th- might come a bit true. What's coming up?
2: Um, I've got a show, a big show in Berlin, which is opening on the thirtieth of November. A couple of weeks, so I just finished one of the works this morning. That's all going off next week, and then I go and install the week after. That's at Blaine Southern Gallery in Berlin. Uh, lots of work in there. Uh, and then i'm working on another like, v virtual reality project that is oh, nice. um experiential as well so you go into a space and you can touch it and so but do you want to come back and talk about it when i'm a bit further oh, on with it yeah no, i'd love to because at the moment it's still at that we haven't yeah, actually no, started on making way. or doing anything it's all research at the moment but is that it, over here hopefully it's going to happen next year yeah maybe next kind of autumn nice um but early stages, yeah. But it's an interesting one and I think we could chat about it. It's like a quite a big subject.
1: Good. Are you at the boot sale this year? Uh,
2: this I'm just win- trying to do the, the winter now. Hopefully so. So I've got like a little bird print that I'm trying to make uh, with a slightly seasonal theme to it.
1: Oh, good. Um, you don't do the social media yourself? I... I do a bit. Yeah. I've got Facebook and
2: Instagram, but I rarely yeah. post just because I, I don't really have the time anymore. I like um, and I think like for me, it, it's, it's great being like a, an artist that you can make stuff, put it out in the world and then get a response yeah. to it. And that's kind of what people are doing on, on social media, yeah. isn't it? That they're, they're posting stuff and they're getting likes or
1: comments.
2: people can see the Uh So it's uh, com is my website. And then the Instagram is Matt Collishaw Studio. Okay.
1: Super. And the
2: Facebook, I think, is just Matt Collishaw's.
1: Then that's it. Okay. Thank you very Great.
2: much
1: for your time. Thank you, Gary. nice talking to you. Well, how cool was that with Matt Collishaw? Matt's forthcoming project he couldn't speak about at this point, but he has invited us back later on, possibly in the spring, where we're going to record a podcast to coincide with its launch. His current exhibition, The Mask of Youth at the Queen's House in Greenwich, continues into the early part of next year. And if you do go down there and you wasn't aware, Yinka Shinabari's Ship in the Bottle is on show at the the Museum. I was grateful that Matt was able to squeeze me in at such short notice. I really wanted to go out with a bang at the end of this year, and Matt was only one half of the bang. The second half of that bang is an artist that I would say forms the bedrock of contemporary British conceptual art. We've got none other than Mark Wallinger. As I said earlier, Mark's episode will be coming out on December the 27th. And let me tell you, it is an absolute gem. But that's all coming in 10 days' time on the 27th. And rewinding a little bit into last week's mini-podcast, I hope some of you have been able to go onto Cafe Art's website, to order one of their My London 2019 calendars. If you didn't and you'd like to, you can go over to www.cafeart.org.uk Worst ways, just pop over to social media, give them a like or a follow and, you know, just show your support that way. Talking of social media, you can see what the Art podcast are up to. It's at Mizogart, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T, on all the social medias. If you want to see who's on the lineup for future episodes, you can go over to www.mizogart.com. And whatever platform you listen to this on, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, if there's the possibility to be able to leave a comment, would you mind doing so? Because that really does help those looking for an art podcast who may well come across this one. And if you do happen to be listening to this before the big day, Merry Christmas to you, if you don't celebrate Christmas hope you have a really nice, quiet Tuesday. All the very best to you either way. So until I take you to meet Mark Wallinger on the 27th. ta